derivative suits. Because directors owe their duties to the corporation and not, as a general rule, to specific shareholders or stakeholders, the right to sue for breaches of directors' duty rests by default with the corporation itself. The corporation is necessarily a party to the suit. This creates a difficulty because almost always, the right to litigate falls under the general powers of directors to manage the corporation day-to-day, for example Delaware General Corporation Law Section 141A. Often, cases arise, such as in Bros v. Cellular Information Systems Incorporated, where an action is brought against a director because the corporation has been taken over and a new, non-friendly board is in place, or because the board has been replaced after bankruptcy. Otherwise, there is a possibility of a conflict of interest because directors will be reluctant to sue their colleagues, particularly when they develop personal ties. The law has sought to define further cases where groups other than directors can sue for breaches of duty. First, many jurisdictions outside the U.S. allow a specific percentage of shareholders to bring a claim as of right, for example 1%. This solution may still entail significant collective action problems where shareholders are dispersed, like the U.S. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Second, some jurisdictions give standing to sue to non-shareholder groups, particularly creditors, whose collective action problems are less. Otherwise, third, the main alternative is that any individual shareholder may derive a claim on the corporation's behalf to sue for breach of duty, but such a derivative suit will be subject to permission from the court. The risk of allowing individual shareholders to bring derivative suits is usually thought to be that it could encourage costly, distracting litigation or strike suits, or simply that litigation, even if the director is guilty of a breach of duty, could be seen as counterproductive by a majority of shareholders or stakeholders who have no conflicts of interest. Accordingly, it is generally thought that oversight by the court is justified to ensure derivative suits match the corporation's interests as a whole because courts may be more independent. However, especially from the 1970s-some states, and especially Delaware, began also to require that the board have a role. Most common law jurisdictions have abandoned the role for the board in derivative claims, and in most U.S. states before the 1980s, the board's role was no more than a formality. But then, a formal role for the board was reintroduced. In the procedure to bring a derivative suit, the first step is often that the shareholder had to make a demand on the board to bring a claim. Although it might appear strange to ask a group of directors who will be sued, or whose colleagues are being sued, for permission, Delaware courts took the view that the decision to litigate ought by default to lie within the legitimate scope of directors' business judgment. For example, in Aronson v. Lewis a shareholder of the Myers Parking System Incorporated claimed that the board had improperly wasted corporate assets by giving its 75-year-old director, Mr. Fink, 
a large salary and bonus for consultancy work even though the contract did not require performance of any work. Mr. Fink had also personally selected all of the directors. Nevertheless, Moore J. held for the Delaware Supreme Court that there was still a requirement to make a demand on the board before a derivative suit could be brought. There was a presumption that in making a business decision, the directors of a corporation acted on an informed basis in good faith and in the honest belief that the action was taken in the best interests of the company, even if they owed their jobs to the person being sued. A requirement to make a demand on the board will, however, be excused if it is shown that it would be entirely futile, primarily because a majority of the board is alleged to have breached its duty. Otherwise it must be shown that all board members are in some very strong sense conflicted, but merely working with the accused directors, and the personal ties this potentially creates, is insufficient for some courts. This indicated a significant and controversial change in Delaware's judicial policy, that prevented claims against boards. In some cases corporate boards attempted to establish independent litigation committees to evaluate whether a shareholder's demand to bring a suit was justified. This strategy was used to preempt criticism that the board was conflicted. The directors would appoint the members of the independent committee, which would then typically deliberate and come to the conclusion that there was no good cause for bringing litigation. In Zapata Corp v. Maldonado the Delaware Supreme Court held that if the committee acted in good faith and showed reasonable grounds for its conclusion, and the court could be satisfied other reasons relating to the process, the committee's decision to not allow a claim could not be overturned. Applying Connecticut law, the Second Circuit Federal Court of Appeals held in Joy v. North that the court could substitute its judgment for the decisions of a supposedly independent committee, and the board, on the ground that there was scope for conflicting interests. Then, the substantive merits for bringing the derivative claim would be assessed. Winter J. held overall that shareholders would have the burden to demonstrate that the action is more likely than not to be against the interests of the corporation. This would entail a cost-benefit analysis. On the benefit side would be the likely recoverable damages discounted by the probability of a finding of liability, and the cost side would include attorney's fees and other out-of-pocket expenses, time spent by corporate personnel, the impact of distraction of key personnel, and potential lost profits which may result from the publicity of a trial. If it is thought that the costs exceed the benefits, then the shareholders acquire the right to sue on the corporation's behalf. A substantive hearing on the merits about the alleged breach of director's duty may be heard. The tendency in Delaware, however, has remained to allow the board to play a role in restricting litigation, and therefore minimize the chances.